In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the parable of the gospel reading this morning, we have two bookends that will help us understand the parable. So in the first verse, Luke tells us that the parable is about the need to pray always and not to lose heart. And then the second bookend at the end of the parable is Jesus asking, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So the parable addresses this question of how can Christians remain faithful? How do Christians hold on to hope in this life? I think this question connects nicely to our celebration of Harvest Home this morning. Right, when you plant in the spring, you hold on to hope that the harvest will come months later. But you cannot know what the weather will bring throughout the season. You have no idea what challenges will pop up throughout the summer. So you wait patiently, and you make plans, and you anticipate. The Christian life is not so different from this. Because we cannot number our days, we have no idea what our life is going to bring. We plan for what we can, but in the end, as the saying goes, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. But in the end, however, we're reminded that there's going to be a harvest. However we get there, there's going to be a harvest. In fact, this is a favorite image of the Bible to describe the return of Christ together as people. Christ is going to bring in and gather the harvest. And this is the concern of our gospel this morning. How do we as disciples make it through the long planting and growing season when it seems the harvest might still be so far away? There's so much wrong in the world. Will Christ ever come? Will God make things right? How do we get through this long growing season? Well, Christ says the answer lies in prayer. Christ reminds us that God's faithfulness to hear us is the encouragement that we need to remain faithful to him. The key to understanding the parable of the persistent widow is understanding that above all else, God is faithful. God is true, God is just. In the parable, the judge is everything God is not. The judge doesn't care about what is right. He doesn't care about others. He only cares about himself, right? And that's exactly how a judge should not be. A good judge's priority has to be justice according to the law. A good judge does not rule out of convenience, but out of a duty to do what is right. The judge does not have the quality of a good judge in our parable. Instead, the judge has to be worn down by a widow in order to get the ruling that she deserves. He gives her justice solely so that she will leave him alone. She wears him down. It's interesting, the Greek verb in the parable to wear down is literally a term that's found in the context of boxing. It is to give a black eye. Figuratively, the judge is worried that the widow is going to keep pummeling him until he has a black eye, and so he gives up the fight. And Jesus' point is that God is nothing like this. He says, how much more will God be willing to answer those who cry out to him day and night? God listens to his chosen ones as a father lovingly listens to children. He wants nothing but good for them. We don't have to wear God out for him to hear us. Instead, he always hears us. When we pray, God delights when we ask him for what we need. 
And that's the encouragement we need in the Christian life. This is why we are told to pray always. In praying always, we learn not to lose heart because God does hear our prayers. And God answers our prayers because he cares for us. Psalm 55 says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. And in 1 Peter, Peter writes, cast all of your anxiety unto God because he cares for you. Martin Luther, in his final letter to his wife, Katie, writes to encourage her as his health declines, as he knows the end is near. He tells his wife, pray and let God worry. That's the true encouragement for the Christian. Pray and let God worry. When Jesus asked, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Remember that faith is another word for trust. He's not asking, will he find everyone living morally perfect lives when he comes back? He's not asking if all of his believers will have all their ducks in a row. Rather, he wants to know if his disciples will continue to put their trust in the Lord through the long seasons of planting and growing. When it comes time to harvest, will the disciples of Christ be rooted in him, or will they have been crowded out by the weeds? Will they have dried up? Will they have put their roots in sandy soil, or will their roots be deep in the fertile soil of faith? So prayer is the fundamental act of faith, according to Jesus, because it's all about trust. In prayer, we come to God and confess that we are beggars. We pray for the forgiveness of sins, knowing that we're helpless to save ourselves. We pray for our daily bread. We pray for strength to get through temptations. We pray for the ability to forgive others, because these are all things we cannot do without God's help. He makes all of these things possible for us. So our prayer, our very act of prayer, is an act of confession that teaches our hearts to have faith, to trust. And we're reminded God doesn't need our prayers. God knows everything. God knows just what we need. He knows long before you ever ask him. God's not surprised by your petitions. God's not surprised by what you need. Instead, when you pray, God is training your heart. He's training your heart to remember that he provides for you. And that's good news. He doesn't treat you like the unjust judge treats the widow. He doesn't ignore you. You don't have to beat him up to know that he answers your prayers. No, he wants you to pray always because in praying always, you are availing yourself to the source of all goodness. When you pray, you're opening yourself up to seeing all the ways in which he does answer your prayers, to all the ways in which he cares for you. C.S. Lewis writes, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. My prayer doesn't change God, but my prayer changes me. And that's at the heart of our parable this morning. Prayer gives us courage. Prayer encourages our heart. It keeps our heart going. It allows us to be hopeful people in a world that is full of so much wrong. It allows us to turn everything over to God. Pray and let God worry, as Luther says. And the seasonal harvest in the fall is a picture of this spiritual truth. The harvest is only made possible out of God's abundant mercy. He provides it as he provides all that we need. All right, in the catechism, Luther teaches his students to remember that God has given us body, soul, eyes, and ears 
He's given us reason and senses. He gives us clothes and shoes, food and drink, house and home, spouse and children, land and animals and all that we have. He richly and daily provides us with all that we need in body and life. And all of this he does out of fatherly divine goodness without any merit or worthiness in me. That's the fruit of our prayer. The fruit of our prayer is not that God provides when we ask, but it's that God always provides for us, and we learn to trust that he will always provide. God doesn't provide because we have to beat him up to ask. Rather, the act of prayer allows us to see that God provides out of divine goodness and mercy, not because we deserve them, not because we've asked diligently, but because he loves us. That's the great spiritual benefit of celebrating a harvest together. And so let the harvest celebration be a reminder to you to pray always and not to lose heart. Let it be a reminder that God takes care of us as our loving Father. That's the truth that we need to remain faithful in this life. God is always faithful to hear us. So let us remain faithful to trust in him. Amen.